What's up, my friend? Hey, I'm excited, Daniel. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, man. Like, likewise, vice versa. It's good to see another young guy here uh, crushing it, killing it. Uh, and for you to kind of just be here sharing your thoughts and, and knowledge and your bit of your experience. So this podcast, as you uh, already know, is called The First Deal Experience. I'm going to have successful real estate investors come on and uh, kind of just have them share the story of their first business transaction or their first deal. So real quick, man, introduce everybody to who you are. And if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, feel free to go ahead and do that. Sure. So uh, to summarize everything, I'm an immigrant from India. I came here, uh, learned to speak English, got my doctor of pharmacy, and then realized that, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, need to create passive income. Pharmacy is not the right fit for me due to a lot of the reasons. So I started doing real estate investing into single triple deckers, and then eventually realized to transition into multifamily syndication. And then from there, I'm, I'm already doing that, but I've realized the important piece of mindset our thoughts, emotions, and actions. Once they are aligned, you're unstoppable. So I transformed into a coach as well. Yeah. And, and I know you mentioned, uh, you know, your experience with the Tony Robbins coaching and, and, and very much the personal development aspects. And you know, I, I always tell people when people, when people, when you want to succeed in real estate, a lot of times it's half of it is even just learning success principles as opposed to just learning the technique, right? You got to, you got to have fuel along with having where to get there. Um, so tell us, man, how, how did you, you're an immigrant from India. Tell me a little bit more about that. How did you get started? How did you grow up? What was your upbringing like? So, you know, in it, at least a part of India I grew up in, um, the opportunities are very limited. It's a very homogeneous kind of environment. Everybody's doing the same kind of thing. And normally people take over their parents' businesses and things like that. You don't really start a business. You don't really apply for jobs. Like there's no McDonald's, like things don't exist like that. And I was like, you know what? I have to do something. So I figured out that there's a software you could call internationally for cheap and a lot of people have relatives overseas so i started selling that software uh with and then i'm like they'll need headsets too you know so then i started selling headset that was like my introduction to entrepreneurship when i was like 15 and just kind of realized that this is a fun interesting activity that's fantastic now i, I know you immigrated to the united states at a, at a later age what age was that and and yeah. talk to me about why you wanted to come here so I came here when I was 19 with my family because most of our family lived here in the States. Um, so my parents decided just to move here. So everybody's together because 80% of the family lived here. And then that's how uh, we came here. Yeah. Well, right on, man. So what, what were you, I, I'm curious to know, and I know this isn't real estate related, but you know, I'm curious to know what were your first impressions? What were your expectations going to the United States? I have, I had my own obviously cause I'm an immigrant as well, but you know, you're a little bit older when you came. What, what were your expectations and, and what were your first impressions of, of the United States? It just felt so different, man, right? Everything's very, back in India, everything's like congested. There's no space uh, as, so as to speak, personal space or community space. So everything's just wide open. And then I just knew um, for me, it was always like, 
I just knew that I'm not a guy to just dwell in the past, right? So when I when the decision was made there, I knew I'm gonna move here. This is my new country. This is my life. I have to move on instead of thinking, hey, I miss the food or I miss this mm. or that. And then I realized that if I have to be, I have to, if I want to be successful, I have to master the language and no matter what it takes. So I put a lot of focus and effort just to, you know, get, get that rolling. And then one thing after another, uh, you just get adjusted to the culture. Yeah. So, so I know you mentioned success at that time looked a little different, right? Success at that time meant, you know, going to pharmacy school and, um, you know, working, working a high paying job, which it sounds like you accomplished, but tell me a little bit about that transition between, Hey, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to, I want to get into entrepreneurship full time. I want to get into real estate full time. Um, tell me about that. So what happened, it happened in a couple different steps, right? The first time was me realizing that it's not good to just rely on one income uh, Mm -hmm. because I'll be working this job forever. So I got into real estate, bought some properties, created some cash flow, and I figured eventually I'll I'll leave pharmacy. But then I asked myself, what if they start paying me a million dollars a year? Ask me, drink as much coffee as you want. You don't even have to come to work. Would I do the job? And my immediate answer was no. And that really shook me. I'm like, why Mm -hmm. would I say no to this? I want to be wealthy. I would like not to work much. This this really puzzled me. So Mm. then I dived into myself and realized that it's all about living the values. For me, if I was having fun with that business at 15 and 16 in India, it tells me that I enjoy entrepreneurship. I enjoy taking risks. I enjoy learning new things, creativity. And these values, these drives weren't really being fulfilled by the pharmacy career. So it just kind of made it little real. And then I realized it's now or never situation, right? So I tried a bunch of things. The the passive income was naturally not enough from few properties to quit the job. So I just uh, realized I need to do something else. And I had a couple businesses, nothing worked out. And then I bought a senior care business um, because I realized I wanted to do MBA and I was like, you know what? The school gets some theoretical sometimes. Why do I pay 50000 a year to, there's some value to it, but I'm like, why don't I buy a business which I know nothing about, turn it around, that would be my MBA. So uh, then I bought that senior care business. Very, very challenging situation, but then I turned it around and then then I had more freedom. I only had to work one day a week. And then I started thinking more about real estate and syndication and the transition happened like that. That's phenomenal. You know, and a lot of, a lot of people, what you just said, echo that, you know, I mean, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a college dropout. I dropped out actually my senior year and a lot of people were against it. And I think I dropped out for kind of a lot of the same reason. You know, I wasn't learning what I wanted to learn. I wasn't learning stuff that was going to help me out in the real world. So it kind of sounds like you had that same transition. Now, what advice, having said that, what advice would you give to somebody like you, right? Somebody like you, but maybe like 10 years back who, you know, they're, maybe they're in school right now or they're thinking about going into school and they've got a love for business. You know, what advice would you give to them? Question always stumbles me because I always think that, you know, it's so um, whatever we know right now, we could only make decisions on that, right? It's difficult because at that time I didn't knew these things and without taking the journey, it's like some things you have to know. It's, it's challenging, but going back, I would say um, I should have 
taken the risk even sooner. Like I still took mm. a lot of risk having a lot of college debt and I'd already failed investment in another business and still decided to buy this business. But I realized that, you know, instead of hesitation, I should have jumped in even earlier. Like if I had to give my younger self any advice, it would be to that fear is just an illusion and don't even think too much about it. Just go for it. You're going to just, you, you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? That like, you know, starting a business and getting into entrepreneurship full time is seen as a risk. And then, you know, working 40 hours a week, 40 for 40 years is not seen as a risk. Um, <laughs> when at the end of the day, if you compare numbers to numbers, you know, the, the story may say otherwise. So, so you, you choose not to get, you choose to have your senior care business be your MBA, which I completely agree with. You learn from the school of hard knocks and what was that? Tell me about that moment when, and maybe this is afterwards, but tell me about that moment where you, you said, I like real estate. This is, this is my vehicle. Tell me, tell me when you had that realization. So that realization happened with the syndication fact, because I realized that um, in order to buy more and more real estate, you're going to need more and more capital, right? And there's only so much we could say from our job or business or something. So I realized that even though it's an exciting thing to create some wealth and income, making it the full time, it just seems a little complicated. Like, how do I do it? I don't have money to constantly keep investing. Then I started getting some investors investing into the deal, paying them the cut. And I was like, wow, this seems like an interesting avenue. And then when I got into syndication, that's when my eyes really opened because I realized there's so many people, pharmacists, doctors, professionals, they just don't have the time, the drive, the energy to learn about investing. They are just happy with somebody like me yeah. giving them a good picture of everything. And then me doing this in the process, I'm leveraging their capital. I'm leveraging my capital. And then, you know, it, it has real potential. I realized that for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want, I want to get back um, a little bit to what you said earlier. And, and you have made the transition from working full-time pharmacy in, uh, into being in, uh, in real estate. There's a lot of people who listen to the show and a lot of people who are in the real estate investing forum that would say, you know, hey, I'm working a full-time job right now. Um, my goal is to either A, you know, buy a couple rentals to help supplement my, inc my income. So maybe I don't have to work as much. I could spend a little bit more time with the family. Um, or B, hey, you know, I don't like this. I don't like my job at all. And I want to make the same transition you made and just be full-time investing. What advice would you give to those individuals? Like what are the top two or three action steps that they need to take right now if they wanted to make that transition? That's a great question uh, because I come across, you know, that question often with, with my clients or, or in general, right? So here's the thing. If you are just looking to get some passive income or, or you're looking to transition to job, the first thing is a strategy. And this is something where I could have done even a better job in retrospect, but you just need to focus on the strategy, the game plan. Too many times we have ideas and things that are going round and round in our head, but we don't have like a plan. It doesn't need to be perfect. Um, it doesn't need to, you don't have to make it foolproof or anything, but you need some kind of strategy. So for example, if you are, uh, let's just say you're a software engineer, and you know you, you have a good job, but you know that you real estate really piques you, then 
have a strategy as to what is your, um, what, what would you, uh, the question you would ask yourself is imagine you already have X amount of money in the bank or flow. What would you do then at that time? Would you flip houses at that time? Or would you like to do syndication? Or would you like to uh, do lease options? Like what, what would be things that would be so fun for you that this goal is irrelevant, right? Um, asking very, very interesting questions to come up with some material. And from that, you just have some preliminary strategy. That would be um, and then also, you know, being practical, be like, okay, if I'm doing this thing for a year, it's going to make X amount of money. And my goals here, I think it, this takes 10 years. Is it really sustainable? Would I be thrilled? Just kind of pre-planning everything uh, rather than not thinking about this thing. And then six months later, feeling that same overwhelm, same frustration, and then going back to where you're going. Mm, yeah. That's solid, man. So let, I want to speak a little bit too, because I want to pick your brain and, and, you know, for our viewers as well, you love personal development. You know, you're, you're all about it and, and you believe that it is the engine that drives your success, which I do as well. Um, yes. Matter of fact, I think in the real estate space, when people want to become real estate entrepreneurs, I think too often they focus so much on the real estate knowledge and they don't focus a lot on the personal development, you know, and, and I think that's key. So for, for you, you know, what are, what are some, some resources, books, podcasts that you will listen to uh, to help with entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs with personal development and learning success principles? And then my second question after that is going to be, what are some things directly from you, right? But I, w- I want to talk a little bit more about, you know, some books, podcasts that have really helped you along the way. What are, what are some of those things? Sure. So, you know, when I, uh, back in 2016 or 17, I just... I thought I was getting into personal development just to improve the real estate business. It just changed my whole outlook on money, business, life, happiness. Everything just changed completely. So I I got a good impact from Tony Robbins, one of the coaches yeah. that Tony Robbins trained. Like I hired him. I thought I was hiring him to get better at doing bigger deals. Uh, so I would say for me, Tony Robbins books and courses, unlimited power within the virtual event or in-person event or his books, they really put a lot of emphasis on maintaining your focus and having basically how, how your thoughts and emotions and limiting beliefs play into uh, success role. That, that's, that's a good arena I like. I also like a lot of stuff from early 1900s, more new age in the sense of they are really depicting you the power of mental thoughts and how Mm. to direct the mental energy. Like Think and Grow Rich is just an all-time classic. Um, Another book is One Thing by Gary Keller that talks about, you know, how you really have to be focused on one thing. I I, I like that. But the key, the key is there's so much stuff out there. The key, what I would like to tell people is we have unique situations going on. So the key is to just check in with yourself. What do you need more help with? Do you feel just really be honest with yourself and be like, hey, I know I have the tactical knowledge and I'm just afraid to take the action. Then we know that we need to work with the fear, mm. uh, right? Uh, and then, or, or the key is like, hey, I even have money to invest. I'm just not doing it because I'm just afraid. What if I lose? So the more clear you get and what it is for you, 
um, you could then direct your efforts into the podcast, the books, the events. It would even make that another strategy. And to your point, it's, it's very, very important. We are in 2020. The techniques to find the deal or find the apartment and wholesale, all that stuff's out there. But what happens? We don't have the clarity on what we need to do, how we need to do it. We don't have the strategy. We don't have an action plan. We don't have uh, leveraging over times and emotions. And these are the key aspects that I got from the personal development and I molded and that helped me with accelerating the real estate business. Yeah. And man, I think that's so key. You know, I mean, you mentioned the great book, you know, the one thing and, and you kind of transitioned into talking a little bit about focus. And I want to echo that, you know, because it's, it's how much of it is just, you know, regular human nature for us to get involved with so many things. Uh, and just say yes to a lot of things and, and hope just one of those things will crack, you know? And I, th I think when I first started my business, you know, I got a, I, I was a part of, and I joined literally like six or seven ventures because my thought process was, Hey, you know, one of these will become a million dollar company, right? Or a million dollar idea. And I'm just going to stick to that. Well, you know, little did I know that on the, it, nothing will become a million dollar, a million dollar idea unless I put a million hours into it. That's just, that's just what it takes, you know, the focus. So, um, that's awesome, man. So, you know, those are some good books, some good podcasts. What about from you, man? What would you say to the aspiring entrepreneur listening to this, right? So to the 18, 19 year old kid who's listening to this podcast right now, and you know, they're saying, I want to be like that one day. What are some good success principles, things that they need to tattoo onto their mind, uh, for them to, uh, obtain success? What are that means? Okay. So to do that, the, something that has worked for me is what years and years ago, I decided that I, for, I, I was going every Friday, I'll go to this coffee shop that I loved, shut my phone off, shut everything off. And that's just like a sacred time to really check in with myself about what I want, what's happening. Because too many times we get excited from an event or something. And then what happens is, life happens uh, for a month or six and we are completely disconnected and six months later oh i was working on this thing what happened so the the important part is to have regular checking either once a month or every week all you need is one hour or two hour completely separate and really asking yourself good questions right and a lot of times it's not even about finding the answers it's about finding good questions to ask yeah so i would encourage people find good questions to ask do this regularly so this is like a macro level so this way there's a little bit of continuity building even though nothing's happening for six months you are checking in with yourself and you are seeing, okay, this is what I did this last two months. I went to this meetup, nothing happened. You are getting a lot of feedback and you're getting time to digest that feedback, which will naturally evolve your thinking. It'll naturally give you answers and some solutions and future direction. So that's a practice I would highly recommend that people need to um, consider. And in line with that, a daily practice. Uh, every morning or something like that. And this is more on you're not thinking about your long-term strategy and feedback and things like that, but you are just believing in possibilities. You are just feeling excited. So whether that means you listen to some meditation or you listen to some books or some videos, whatever it is, but every day, one hour in the morning, and it's going to feel silly in the beginning because you will be like, 
man, I have to work. I'm not making any money from this thing and nothing's happening. Like, what am I doing? Because your brain's trying to pull you into your, you know, busy mode, uh, busy bee activity mode. So when you put that um, every day, what happens is you're reminding yourself every morning, what's important for me to focus today? What's important for me to pay attention to? What's important for me to learn to, to get to my goals, right? So those two things will add a lot of, lot of value. And then just being um, in some kind of community of, of real estate investors, like you, you have built a great community. So, you know, when people are in the community, they meet other people, they see resources and, and that would, that would help them as well. Yeah. Right on, man. So, I mean, that's awesome. You know, you share a lot of great success principles. And, and the reason why I, I want you to say these things is because I think they're very important. Not a lot of people, you know, hear this and listen to this, you know, which is why I want to kind of ask those things before we go back to your story uh, with the uh, senior care. And I want to talk about that, right? Because this is the first deal experience podcast. And, and I always tell people, you learn the most on your first deal. And I certainly did, right? I learned a lot on my first deal. Um, and I'm sure there's a lot you learned in that first deal as well. So tell me, tell me about that first deal that you did. You know, it sounded like you turned it around, you, you learned a lot and it was the deal that kind of made you fall in love with real estate, if I'm not mistaken. But, but tell me about that deal. How did that opportunity come to you? So the very first deal, what happened was I've thought about buying a property. Uh, and at that time I, I had some tactical knowledge. I read some books, but one day I'm with my two other pharmacist friends and we decided uh, we were Dave and Busters and, you know, we, we are in a good mood or state or whatever. And we are like, you know, we have to make this thing happen. And then next day we open up the LLC and then I, I didn't really have the context or a manuscript or how to find the deal. But I knew one thing. I knew the numbers that I was looking for, for it to make sense. So I came across this deal. It was on market. I reached out to the agent and turned out that the a homeowner already bought another home. So they are paying double mortgages. Mm. So they, you know, they are able to reduce the price. I bought the deal, but the experience after the deal, I hired a company to put the tenant on and they did no background check, even though they were supposed to do all that. And the tenant stopped paying rent, vandalized wow. the property. It was a complete nightmare. But in a way, it pissed me off to be like, you know what? This is not going to just stop me because it was just a horrible situation. I'm just going to uh, keep keep doing this thing. So, and, and then I learned from that how to you know do the background check. The mortgage, the bank was being very, very difficult. Even though we had the income, the numbers made sense. It was a typical mortgage lender. They just need to do their numbers. And I was like, this is not acceptable to me. You just can't you know, do that. But the important piece, yeah, I forgot to mention is that when the deal came, I had no money. And mm. I realized, what do I do now? This deal makes sense. I don't have money. Do I you know, I have 30, 45 days and this is my chance to believe in what's possible for me or believe in a story that, Hey, I don't have the money. So what I did is I opened up a 401k account with my employer, pumped in every single dollar I was making and they were matching it. I did that for a month or two. And then I took all that money out as a loan. And that mm. was my down payment for this property. Wow. That's creative, man. That's, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone do that. That's phenomenal. So, so remind me, man, how old were you when you first did this transaction? 
uh, that was 27 or 20, 27, 28. Okay. So, so you found a deal, um, you know, you, you found a homeowner who had, was paying a double mortgage. You financed the down payment by uh, having your employer match and you took it out on a loan. What were, what were the terms on, the, on, on that loan? So on the loan from the employer? Yeah, 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 yeah. That 401k yeah. loan. Yeah, basically, I was paying 5% interest that would come back to me anyway. So it was free in the sense of interest. Yeah. And I had like a three-year term or something like that. And I did the math from the cash flow of the property and a little bit of saving. I could easily get it done with, within you know, a year or so. That's awesome, man. So how, how did you move on from that first deal? You know, you, you have that terrible experience with the tenant. You know, you, you learned about background checks and whatnot, and which I think all of us kind of have to have that, you know, come to Jesus moment, you know, the, the rite of passage of having to deal with a really bad tenant. You know, I've, I've dealt with my fair share. It sounds like you have as well. Tell me about how did you scale? Because most real estate investors, right? I, just, I read a statistic last night. I was doing research for a YouTube video and I read the statistic across multiple credible research sites saying that the average landlord on average has two units, right? And that's because usually one mom and pop landlord has 87 and then there's one, 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 87, one, 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 and a bunch of ones. So how did you go from one to where you're at now, man? How did you, how did you scale? Sure. So I realized the importance of capital right away from, from that transaction. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to buy properties, but, and I, I want to give it a go. I just don't want this first deal to dictate my future. So then the next deal, um, the same situation came and then I had some savings. So I was able to buy a very small property, but then I was able to get an investor in. And then I realized that, wow, if I could get investors in and then let me find deals that I could refinance. I could do something with it. And then, so I bought two, three properties and then I used the money from the senior care. I used the line of credit from the senior care business. I was like, let me use that to buy a property that I could refinance and, you know, creative financing after creative financing. And then once the engine builds, you just have enough cash flow to just keep moving it around and, and it started scaling. But the, what I realized is you need to figure out your strategy for capital. Uh, whether it's private investors or you're refinancing the property, you need to put that down. And, and then people start reaching you out. Hey, I see you're buying properties and stuff. We have some money to invest. So then I would give them X percentage and just, you know, take the cash and then refinance and all that. Yeah, I love it, man. So tell me about where, where you're at now, right? Let's close out the podcast. Share with the people. Where are you at now? What are some things that excite you? Uh, and then ultimately, what is the one key piece of advice you would give uh, to people listening in? Sure. So what excites me is two things. One is this transformation, the personal development part, how it really impacts business owners, whatever you're trying to do. So I love the coaching, the mindset principles, and then I enjoy the capital raising aspect and teaching people that as well. So I enjoy educating investors and basically syndicating into more and more apartment complexes. I have transitioned from buying smaller properties because I don't enjoy some of those facts that I, I've outgrew them. So all of my focus and effort is on the coaching world. And then I still run my business as well, syndicating apartments, uh, giving investor opportunities and things like that. And yeah. um, 
the the advice I have to give people would come from. Uh, I heard this from Tony Robbins. It's just like we really, really underestimate what we could do in three or five years, but we mm. overestimate what we could do in one year. So my advice to people is to develop that patience, uh, because it's human nature just to compare. Hey, six months go- gone by, year gone by, nothing has happened yet, nothing, and that just puts you in a downward spiral. So just realize that one step after another, you really don't know when something's going to pop or that deal or five deals are going to come up. Just just keep on going. It's impossible for things not to happen. You know, that, that would be my uh, encouragement. Nice. Well, right on, man. Thanks for spending the time with us today. And, you know, just out of curiosity, where can people find you, man? Do you got an Instagram? Do you have a YouTube channel? Sure. So everything's on my website, Katen Patel, K-E-T-A-N. P-A-T-E-L.com. And I'm going to be putting up some free videos on reframing your limiting beliefs, fundamentals of raising capital and strategy and whatnot. Right on, man. Well, thank you so much, man. I'll be seeing you soon. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Daniel Kwok here once again. I hope you enjoyed that episode of the First Deal Experience Podcast. If you're wanting to do your first ever deal or scale your existing portfolio, I recently wrote a book to show you how I went from zero to 75 rental units in just one year. Just head over to zero to 75 units.com for your copy. Again, that's zero to 75 units.com.